Hello and welcome. It's another edition of Simon Mayer's Books of the Year. This is like a special teaser just ahead of the the big show, which is coming up in a, in a few days' time. It's because we love you so much. We're doing these extra versions for That's you. That's right. Yeah. And this is going to be a little teaser featuring Alan Johnson, who's written In My Life. It's another memoir from Alan. All right, Alan. Yeah, fine, thank you. How are you doing? Very well. It's very nice to see. How many memoirs you got, by the way? Uh, 48, 48. Uh, <laughs> going on to 50. And uh, Mark Kermode's How Does It Feel? Uh, Mark's a little bit nervous in front of a microphone, yeah. so we have to give him a little bit of space. Is this on? <laughs> yeah, it is. You all right, Mark? I'm fine. How are you doing? It's weird not being in our usual studio. I know. That's, but it is my normal studio. I know. It's just not your... Hey, Matt. Hey! How you doing? Hey, Mark. Good. Yeah, yeah, and, this, yeah. and this is Alan. Oh, well. and actually, actually, as people will discover uh, in the next few days when the, when the big episode comes out, your books have a lot in common. Anyway, just to set this whole thing up, we thought we'd do our, uh, our Q&A session, which normally goes at the end of the interview. We thought we'd do it first. Why not? Okay. Yeah. So uh, Matt and I will alternate these questions uh, and then see what, see what yeah. you make of it, OK? So, uh, and go Alan first and then Mark. So the last book you really, really... Enjoyed present company accepted. <laughs> Stoner by John Williams because it's just the most beautiful novel and is now recognised as a classic, which has always been. It was published in the early seventies, but it never really became well known until Vintage did a brought out an, an edition a couple of years ago, and it's absolutely marvellous. All human life is there. Mark, what was the last book you really, really enjoyed? The last thing that I that I finished was I read that collection of Ted Chang's short stories that Arrival was based on when Arrival came out, and I wanted to read. But the thing that I'm really enjoying at the moment that I'm reading but I haven't finished is uh, Fear, Trump in the White House, and I'm just devouring it, and it's just absolutely page-turning, eye-watering stuff. Good. That's this is great because we can talk about all this, whereas yeah. on other shows we can. Hey, guess what? Yeah. I don't think Trump's a good thing. <laughs> Do you not? No, I think he's the Antichrist. Right? Strange. That's a very kind of a controversial minor view. Just, just have interest. I know this is a slight. Discourse. Go ahead. I just want to ask this to Alan. Particularly, would you avoid political memoirs? given yes. that you're kind of out of politics, really? Or would you well, think, I, I absolutely, I want to know what's going on there? I've always avoided political memoirs. I mean, they're usually people trying to fight battles from 30 years ago and prove that they were right. Um, except my uh, political <laughs> memoir, yes, The Longer Winding Road, which is highly recommended. Exceptions. But, but fear that, you know, this uh, this latest Trump book, you don't think, oh, I'd like to get it. Oh, no, that's different. I mean, what I was talking about was, yeah, was kind people of writing their own standard yeah. biography. My Years in the Home Office by yeah, yeah. Dick Schneebly. That's it. Yes, that's that's it. That. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is there a book you regularly give as a gift, Mark? I mean, the, the appalling truth of it is probably. Yeah. Oh, that's well, right. Point to Simon. Book. There you go. Well, no, but it's, uh, it's horrible to say, but it's true. And in, in terms of regularly, as in, I have given it regularly recently. I have given um, Mad Blood Stirring now to four people. Right. And, 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 of those cop- and of those copies, I bought all four of them. So, you know. Oh, really? Yeah. I could have given you some. No, 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 because that wouldn't make it a present. If somebody gives you something, you can't then pass it on. It's not a present if it's a freebie. That's true. So, yeah. so you know, it's a, there's a moral thing. So I have given four people Simon's book. Before that, my most regular book I gave was the Viz Annual, which I, oh, I'm afraid I do give every year. <laughs> uh, Northern Lights by Philip Pullman, uh, so the trilogy. And my 18-year-old son is sitting out there, and he, when he saw that I was going to have this question, reminded me that I've given it to him about six times and he <laughs> still hasn't bloody <laughs> read it. Uh, but it's also because it was supposed to be, in early days before anyone had really caught on to this, it, it was for, for kids, you know, early teens. 
I mean, it's wasted. It's not really. It's not. Kids. So, so I also gave it to loads of adults to say, you might have read that this Quite is for right, children, yeah. and that might be in the section in the bookshop. But read it; it's for adults. Yeah, and again, yeah. you can do that with many of Simon's previous books. Oh, well, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. The, the thing, other way round. This is my favourite podcast ever. Brilliant. The thing about Northern Lights is that people are misled by the fact it's got two kids, or yeah, one yeah. in the case of Northern Lights Laura, in the lead yeah, role. But yeah. apart from that, it's the most grown-up book of all time. Absolutely. Very, yeah. very complex. Amazing. Okay, next question. Uh, Mark, to go first, what book do you remember being read to you as a child? Well, we've had this discussion before, and I'm sure it's the one that everybody says is um, House at Pooh Corner. And, I mean, I remember my father reading me the Winnie the Pooh books over and over and over again. And so uh, when we were having a discussion, you and I, about the end of Toy Story 3, and you read, the, the, you know, the thing that happens at the very, mm. very end of, uh, of Winnie the Pooh when they have the discussion about, are you going away? Yes, I am, but will you come back? It just reduces me to floods of tears because I still hear my dad reading that. Alan, what book do you remember being read to you as a child? No, no, nobody ever read any books, but I remember getting hold of a copy of Shane by Jack Schaefer. I don't know how it arrived in the house, but when I was about eight, and I kept reading and rereading it, and I say a bit in the first volume of my memoirs about being disappointed at seeing the film with Alan Ladd. Mm. If you've read the book, Shane was tall and dark and this mysterious character. If you watch the film, Alan Ladd's short and blonde and, you know, on a white horse, where he should be on a black one. It's a very dark book. Uh, Shane. Uh, so I remember that, but I was sort of reading it to myself. But that's it, like Jack Reacher looks nothing like Tom Cruise. Does he? Yeah, so, you know, <laughs> the way these things work. Yeah. Is the one that got away? What book should have been massive that wasn't? Mark again. Yeah, you're going to hate me for saying this, but um, the, the book, the original novel of the Ninth Configuration by William Peter Blatty, who uh, I'm sorry to be boring, but who wrote The Exorcist, is actually, in my opinion, his greatest work. And The Exorcist sold a quinty billion copies, and the Ninth Configuration, I've probably got half of the copies <laughs> yeah. in my loft. But I just think it's wonderful. Is there a book on your shelf that you love and no one else does? Well, I mean, the only thing I can think of is... I've got a very well-thumbed copy of Hammer of the Gods. But, but, the, but the fact is, I do think other people love it. I know I went, we, I went on holiday with uh, Linda, my wife, and she was reading something, some really, really sort of solidly intellectual, you know, book about China and something, and she was going, wow, you know, they're taking away women's rights, they're doing all this stuff. And I was going, oh my God, they're having sex with a fish. <laughs> 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 <So>. <laughs> Alan? I, I'd say Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Oh, but everyone Hunter loves that. Not no one I've ever <laughs> led it to, by the way. Uh, so, you know, I, I like it. But I can yeah. see why they kind of think it's a bit, uh, a bit difficult, uh, you know, in terms of his... Uh, adoration of everything that's illegal that he's taken and his apparent disdain of women. I've had that from a few people I've lent it to. Uh, so, yeah, it is a classic, mm, sure. uh, which is, surprises me that other people don't like it. Whose books do you own the most of, Alan? Probably Dickens. You know, I kind of made a thing of trying to read a Dickens every year because, uh, you know, for what, one, reason or, one reason or another, I don't go to the library anymore. I buy them. Uh, yeah, probably Charles Dickens. Dickens. Well, I mean, weirdly, probably Agatha Christie, just because I, there was a period when I when I just read all the Christies, and I think I think that's the the author of whom I have the yeah, the, the, the yeah. complete works, you know. Yeah. Uh, reading habits. Where and when do you read the most, Alan? Uh, either on the train. Certainly, when I was an MP, I had to travel down, so a three-hour journey from from Hull and then back. So reading on the train was probably now last thing at night. I have to read. You know, it's just like brushing your teeth. I have to read. 
how long I read for depends on the great age I've reached before I want to doze off. Yeah. But uh, two probably, pages probably fast asleep. Yes, that's all right. Mark, uh, in the bath, and it just drives my family mad because because that's you know I have a, I always have a book once I the bath, get in the bath, start reading the book, and an hour later they're banging on the door. We only have one bath. <laughs> Why are you coming out? Is there a method to how your books are shelved by genre, by author, or by nothing at all? In in our case, in my case, Linda, my wife writes books as well, so we have one we have one bookcase that is books that we have written. And then she has an office, which is all the books that she owns in alphabetical order, and they're all over the place. And then everything else around the edges of it is copies of, <laughs> copies of the Taking of Pelham 1, 2, 3 that Mark bought when he was 14 that no-one can find. So my books are not ordered at all. Okay. Yeah, mine, mine aren't really ordered. I, one shelf of poetry, just because it's good to go to them when you just fancy your quick verse. And I try and keep non-fiction separate from fiction. majority of it is fiction. And my books seem to pop up on every shelf for some reason, you know, to, just so people know when they're yeah. walking into the room. And you've written hundreds of so, so, yeah. About uh, 75, I think, yeah. is the last count. Yeah. What's the first book you bought with your own money? Um, the Midwich Cuckoos by John Wyndham. I can't remember what it was. It was probably an Agatha Christie. I went through a real Agatha Christie mm. phase when I was about 12, 13 and went to the kind of Boppler bookshop, which was a second-hand bookshop, and bought loads of them, and I swapped my old copies of Charles Bookin's Football Monthly for a big pile of Agatha Christie, uh, Marjorie Allingham's, uh, John Dixon Carr, all these great crime writers. So it's probably an Agatha Christie. Is there a book that you've used to try to impress a potential partner? I, we were asked, I try to impress girls with this well-thumbed French copy of some very pretentious book, which I also hasten to add, it never, ever worked. <laughs> but have you ever tried anything as bad as that? I, I think, although I don't think it, was, it wasn't just to impress girls, it was to be impressive... I think I carried around and never read a copy of L'Etranger um, because, because it was the thing that everyone... But I, to this day, I'm sure I have never read it. I just had a copy of it, and it had quite a sort of, like, um, a, a, a smoky cover. It had, like, somebody was smoking a cigarette, you know, looking very... And I thought, oh, you know, oh, that's the one, that's the one that Ian McCulloch will have read, and that's the one that, you know... But I have never read it. I'm, I'm the same. I don't know about impressing a girl, but I used to walk around with Proust under my arm. Dostoevsky, <laughs> uh, uh, just to, kind of on the tube, let people know. You know. <laughs> What's the book that you would love to step inside of? The Great Gatsby. I mean, that's my that's my favourite book, you know, pretty much. And uh, and I love the I love the world. I love the Eva and for all the, the corruption and all the things that you know, it's melancholic and everything. I just I love the world of The Great Gatsby and and I remember reading The Great Gatsby and seeing The Great Gatsby in the cinema version with Robert Redford and the Rubettes being on top of the pops all happening in my mind on the same day. And that sort of <laughs> welding into because the Rubettes wore, wore, wore Gatsby caps and so that's always been the thing that I've thought of as the world I want to be in. Uh, Step inside, you know, I wouldn't want to step inside 1984 by George Orwell. So step inside and feel safe and and to see, you know, to, to laugh a lot, it'd be anything by P.G. Woodhouse. Mm. Very good answer, very good answer. So Alan has written In My Life, it's a musical memoir. Mark has written How Does It Feel, which is a musical memoir. <laughs> More soon. Uh, so you'll hear details of both their books in our next programme. 